Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And I'm not going away with some dirty normal punts to spit all over me. Now he spits over me. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Well, as the saying goes, who ate all the pies? Well, today I am indulging myself in a steak and kidney pie, dear listener, courtesy of the Bescot Stadium um, eatery. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, one and all, to Walsall. Midlands versus Millwall, of course, South East London, on a day that has to be described as grim. Grim, grim, grim. Cold, wet to the extent it's like standing in a shower out there, and grey. And we find ourselves in Warsaw, one of the um, former proud towns of England, now decimated by the economic decline of our great country. Um, welcome, dear listeners. Welcome to that rather sombre start. I'm just going to indulge myself in my steak and kidney pie. My name is Nick Hart, by the way. Welcome to Achtung Mill. I suppose I should get some kind of um, tag in on the show so you know what you're listening to exactly. Be right back after the steak and kidney pie. Meine Damen und Herren, Achtung, Millwall. It's one of football's um, great traditions that you have a pie at the game, and I've always found them quite unwieldy. Um, items of food to eat, to be absolutely honest. I, one of my earliest memories back at the old den was buying a pie at the ground, which is, I was told that's what you had to do. Um, and so indeed I went and did. But back then, I suppose this is a, a sign of advance in modern football, the influence of the Premier League and those fancy continentals. Now you get a little plastic um, fork with which to eat said pie. Back in the old days, back in was grim, back when I was a boy, when dinosaurs ruled the earth, no such uh, luxuries were, were forthcoming. Somehow you had to try and eat the pie with your fingers, which was um, always an ungainly process, let's put it that way. So anyway, um, we're not against modern football, we're in favour of modern football. It means little plastic forks to eat your steak or minced beef pie. Today's Millwall team news lines on the back of no winning fire, three straight defeats. What was that um, great quote someone put online the other day? The, I think the Sigmund Freud quote about the definition of madness to keep on doing the same thing over and over with the expectation of different results. I think it might have been Albert Einstein that said that, not Sigmund Freud. Apologies, Sig. Um, so anyway, today's Millwall's team news is in goal, uh, Jordan Archer. Back line got Marlon Romeo, Byron Webster, 
Tony Craig and Joe Martin. Um, across the middle, Fred Onyedema makes a start. I presume he's going to be in the wide role. Abdu, Jimmy Abdu, Sean Williams in midfield with Shane Fergus on the left-hand side. Up front, the not-so-dynamic duo of late, I suppose, Steve Morrison and Lee Gregory. Very poor performance last week at, again, at home against Rochdale. Another poor performance, apparently, or a poor result, certainly, at Port Vale in midweek, 3-1 loss. Um, I read online, intriguingly, we played a little bit better going forwards. Still only scored the one late goal to Lee Gregory via a penalty. But once again, we were behind early and we've conceded three. So I'm not sure how much of a good performance that really can be if you're coming away from Port Vale. The Potter is with a 3-1 knockback. Just reading the uh, News at Den's tweets for the afternoon, they describe it as a rainy afternoon at the Bescott Stadium. So it is. Um, there are no great songs about Walsall, are there? I mean, they're, they're, you have a rainy night in Georgia. Didn't the Walker Brothers do a song about singing, uh, laughing in the rain? There is, of course, Singing in the Rain, the third is musical. Um, the Walker Brothers did something about st standing in the rain or something of that kind, some overall histrionic number by Scott Walker. But actually, there are no great songs about Walsall, certainly not Walsall in the rain. And sitting here in the half-empty away end with the... Uh, the home end, a quite large home end, away off in the distance through the mists of the grey sheet rain falling. I can kind of understand why not. So once again, Tony Craig makes it back into defence, central defence it looks like today. Um, I can't say uh, his form, I mean, is, is it fair to pick him out as the sole um, reason for our poor form of late? No, it's not. He's not the sole reason. He's a major player. He's a senior player. And Neil Harris in the week has spoken of being fed up. Well, I think we're all fed up as well, Neil. But he's fed up with the um, poor performances, the poor defensive shows. I have to put the, the, um, the donkey's tail on, on Tony Craig. For me, he's a senior player. He's been brought in to, to bring drive and leadership to the Lions. Here come the Lions just running out on the pitch for their... I don't know, it's a warm-up in the, in the pissing rain, but it's going to be certainly a squelch-up, let's put it that way. Um, Byron, in all honesty, hasn't looked great this season, um, where last season he looked like a Bermondsey's answer to, to, to Franz Beckenbauer. This season he's looking more like... Charlie Chump or something. It's Charlie Chump. I don't know where Charlie Chump came from, but he looks like Charlie Chump uh, alongside Tony Craig, TC. Midfield return of Jimmy Abdu. Um, no Ben Thompson. Thompson is on the, on the substitutes bench. Don't know why that would be. I would have started him, but maybe they see Jimmy's ability to grind, bump and grind in the midfield on a, a grim, wet afternoon in Walsall. Maybe they see, or oh, Neil Harris sees that as the better option. Fred on the right, I don't know. I really, really don't know. Um, Greg Wilde is on the bench. Um, other players like Philpott and Twardek sit on the bench. And Fred, for me, hasn't shown enough. I know he got uh, that late chance last week to make me ejaculate. I ejaculated on, on air. I don't know if you listened to last week's show. Um, late goal, found offside. That was, his, that was his lack of football brain to get himself into an offside position. So late in proceedings. And we went from a 3-2, uh, potential 3-2, win to an actual 3-2 loss with the late concession uh, in the last moments of, of the game to a penalty. So um, for me, Fred, I don't know, don't know. Um, work in progress, how long does that go on for a work in progress? I really don't know, dear listeners. Michelangelo's uh, Sistine Chapel went on for 20 years. I'm not sure I see the same level of artistic potential in Fred on your dimmer at the moment. It's actually my first trip to Bescott Stadium, Bank Stadium I think it was called when it was built. Um, the Walsall ground replaced um, their old ground, Fellows Park, of course, back in the, the early 90s, I think. Um, I know when it was built, it was one of the first brand new stadiums to be constructed along with our, our den. I think it was just slightly before the den. And uh, this, this has a certain kind of um, 
IKEA style warehouse box to get metal girders box together quality to it. It's not a bad ground, don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking it. I, I don't believe in taking a piss out of other team stadiums because ours is um ours is a, a unique take on, on what the football stadium can be and I like our stadium. But this is certainly certainly three sides of it are a low level, I don't know how many rows, 10, 15 rows deep, um, single tier, a lot of, lot of pillars, unusual in the modern game to see, oh it's old school isn't it, to have pillars down the, uh, on the uh, affecting your sight line, so pillars to support the roof on three sides and then there's one large home end, the www.tilechoice.co.uk home end, which is probably about twice the size of the rest of the game of towers over it. Um, it's actually not a bad little ground, side um, floodlights along the two side low stands. Nothing to dislike here. The, the, what is fantastic, anyone that's been to Walsall will tell you, and I've not been here before, but I've just found out for myself on a day like this where it's so grim, so so drizzly, or beyond drizzle, into, into full-scale pissing rain, uh, it's actually just at the back of the railway station, Bescott Railway Station. It's actually a very easy place to get to. So I was, I was reading on the train coming up here, people saying going all that way, and yes, it is all that way in the sense of a, a train from London to Birmingham and then change for a few stops along from, uh, from Birmingham down to Bescott, but it's actually dead easy. You come straight out of the railway station, straight into the high end, literally, and um, I'm hoping that the getting away after the game will be equally as prob problem-free. The train journey down there obviously takes you through some of the more blasted parts of the uh, Birmingham hinterland and the economic wasteland of once that once um, you know where once there was industry and and prosperity in these areas. Now there's acre upon acre of concrete um, and kind of um, the shells of old warehouses with nothing going on there. Plants pushing through the concrete. It's, it's a depressing sight. I don't know what to what solutions are. I make no. This is not a political show. This is not. A, this is a football show. But it's one of the great experiences of going away from home when you leave London, which with all of its um, you know, pulsating property world, we'll come on to that later on, obviously, in our own context. But as you come to these northern and midland cities and you see places that were once thriving, I mean, the, the, this, this club is named the Saddlers after the leatherwear industry, I guess horse saddles, I would imagine, um, locally. And now I'm guessing the very little of that. There's, there's whatever you can scratch out of um, tile warehouse jobs and um, who else is here? Banks's Brewery and a bit of um, a lot of adverts for Pucker Pies and some metal recycling company locally. So it, it's, it's um, is it a tragedy? I, I know some would tell me that's the, the, the inexorable march of economic um, momentum. I was going to call it progress, not progress at all. And others will tell me that there's a, a fairy land, la la land, where you can invent money and spend it and everyone's happy and Everyone claps to the rhythm of the church guitars of a Sunday morning. I don't know. All I know is it's a shame to see it. That's all I'm going to say. A few pre-match tweets for you here, dear listeners. Whilst I'm waiting in the driving rain, undercover, you'll, you'll be glad to hear it. Undercover, it's all, all covered in. Um, Lions Raw 79 has posted a GIF. Well, I don't know if anyone does know what a GIF is. It's like an endless loop of a piece of uh, film. And he, he, the news that Tony Craig is starting, Ryan's Raw has posted a, a cutesy kind of kitten, slightly shaking its head as it buries its hands in its paws. Tax 67 uh, says that Tony Craig must have photos of pornographic nature, one would assume, of Neil Harris. End of story. He says he's undroppable. Uh, Tom Warrington's asking, what's the point of signing Callum Butcher or Greg Wilde if they sit on the bench? I, I have the same question, Tom. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Can't answer that one, mate. The tattooed mower man asks again what was the point in signing Wild and Butcher. It goes further. He says, fuck off, Harris, you, you dong, you dong. Lost the plot, exclamation mark. It raises a an important question, actually. I mean, obviously, there's been issues, discussions. Um, we've all sat through some pretty dreary performances of late. Tactically, questions are being raised. Like this, this is this is uh, five games without without um, a win, three successive defeats. Um, the Heat will be turning up on Neil Harris. I'm sorry to say it. He's a club legend, and we've all we all remember him as a player and the, and the great deeds he did. But managerially, at the moment, um, we look one-dimensional. And there are certain players who are being picked who, like the men say there, look undroppable. Um, he needs a result. Let's, put, let's leave it there for the moment. He needs a massive result today. A win, by any means necessary today. Neil Harris. David Reid on the same point. Millwall says Craig is still in defence. And Abdu is now chosen. It's getting to be a joke, says David Reid. Jack Roberts would fucking love it. Fucking love it if Millwall got a result today. To be honest, but I've lost all faith in Harris. I mean, he's, he's got he started out on a, on a roll there, Jack, and then he's withdrawn. Um, don't do that, kids. Don't start out on a roll and then withdraw. He says he would fucking love it if Mill got a result today, to be honest, but he's lost all faith in Harris putting out that team. Now, as is the way of the Millwall chap, some uh, some of the boys have come up here today in shorts. I've got to say shorts, and that would not be my choice of um, garb on a pissing, driving, wet day in Walsall, but fair play to the boys. They've come up here in... Um, Various uh, pastel shades of shorts, like uh, it's like the uh, Ibiza never, never goes away. Ibiza never goes away, does it? Now, no show is complete, no Millwall show is complete without a review of the London property market, and in particular the um, ongoing, um, what can we call it, fiasco that is the new Bermondsey development surrounding our football ground. As any listener, as any follower of mine on Twitter will know, there's been a huge brouhaha regarding the Lewisham cabinet passing. Um, the plans to uh, compulsory purchase our parts of our land, our stadium land, and pass it over to an offshore developer by the name of Renewal. We, we know that, they've been knocking around for some years. Well, as we know, in the face of um, 25,000 signatures on, a, on an online petition, in the face of um, some high-profile supporters, including Gary Lineker, Tom Watson, uh, the uh, Labour, Deputy Labour Leader, some high-profile national journalists, including Barley Roney of, of The Guardian, who we had on this show recently, and many, many others, um, too numerous to name. Despite all of this, the Lewisham Cabinet 
the, uh, the, the, the kind of head of the, um, of, the, of, the, of the council there, took the decision to go ahead and press on with the sale of this piece of land to renewal. This decision was oh, in the face of their own scrutiny committee also recommended it doesn't proceed. And they were going to reconsider it. They were going to reconsider it last week on Wednesday, in actual fact. Um, and intriguingly, and, and this, is, this is a very Millwall twist in, the, in proceedings, um, so the proceedings were going to be considered on Wednesday. It's going to be pretty much everyone was expecting them to rubber stamp this decision. And then intriguingly, a mystery document appeared at Lewisham Council on the morning of, 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 the, of, the, of, the, um, of the meeting. So this mystery document allegedly contains allegations or proof of something of a very serious nature indeed, as the Lewisham legal head put it in a, in a statement to the press. A photocopied document, apparently, which the council now have to check veracity of. Uh, great word, veracity. Obviously, it means the truth of. Well, is it really indeed a, um, a true copy of, of an original document? Now, what does the document say? We don't know. I have no clue, and I cannot share anything that um, might shed some light on that. But for a head of law, head of legal services, to turn around and say it contains um, very serious matters indeed. They're not given to, you know, fly-by-night kind of remarks. Referees get a bit of stick in front of us. Bloke's having a go at him already. He ain't done nothing yet. Bloke's down in front of me. He's having a cane in the referee who's engaging with him. He's got a smile on his face. Fair play to him. <laughs> He's getting stick. The bloke ain't even taken to the pitch yet. <laughs> and the linesman are kind of looking itchy. Fair play to the referees. He's engaged with a bloke. The bloke's giving him some money. <laughs> He's trying to bribe the referee. <laughs> Only a Millwall. <laughs> um, I lost track of what I was talking about. Uh, oh, yeah, the, um, the document, said document, photocopied document, apparently, and um, appeared on the morning of the Cabinet meeting, Lewisham Cabinet meeting. And things have been put into, into, into a stop. I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm totally distracted by the uh, abuse the referee's getting. He's taken it in good heart. He's getting some right old uh, digging out. So, yeah, anyway, the cabinet meeting had to be stopped. The external audit of some sort is now looking at this, this document, whatever that might say, whatever that might relate to, no one knows. And dark hints of um, external, <laughs> external proceedings. How can, how can you work these conditions, listeners? Eh? External proceedings, which can only mean the filth or the HRMC at some stage. So Nickings, who knows where this is going to lead? Who knows if the, truth, who knows if the document is true? Um, tune in to next week's episode for another exciting edition of Actung Millwall. I've got a vision of the old Scooby-Doo um, fairground thing with some caretaker who said, but for these pesky kids, and the pesky kids in this case would be the uh, Association of Millwall supporters, the AMS online, who have done a huge amount of digging around, dear listeners. Believe me, they have done huge amounts of digging around. So I don't know where this document's come from. I don't know who's supplied it. And I don't know what it relates to, but it's been strong enough to put a stop on Lewisham Cabinet meeting relating to an £850 to £1 billion value deal. So make of that what you will. It really does need Sir uh, Steve Bullock to be in disguise to pull off like a rubberized mask underneath that um, chubby-faced um, bearded exterior. is something like Dr Crippen or something like that beneath the surface. It needs something of that kind, doesn't it? So there we are, dirty, dealing, dirty deeds done cheap, as the uh, ACDC song has it. Just heard the name Simeon Jackson mentioned in a Walsall context. Simeon Jackson, anyone remember him? Sparse crowd at the stadium as we await the entrance of the two teams. Floodlights now blazing under the grey sky, the rain 
still persistent, not quite as heavy as it was earlier on, but persistent enough for it to be raining. Um, mill winds, hard to tell from my angle, but it looks pretty full, I'd say about half full. Not a bad turnout, given the recent form, the recent poor quality performances by the Lions. Don't know how many numbers, 500 maybe, Millwall fans, here come the teams. Fanfare of the common man, Aaron Copeland. I just knew that. Also, it was um, Emerson Lakeland Palmer did it, didn't they? Maybe this is that version. Walsall in all red. Lions in their familiar blue and white stripes. I think it's going to be the Emerson Lakeland Palmer version. No, it's not. Something else. Don't know what that is. A version. Version. All right, Jiminy, we need a win, listeners. Fingers crossed. It's a version of um, the Johnny Cash song. Bit of Ring of Fire. Done like a kind of a Euro disco sound. None of it works. Wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Should be a criminal statue for crimes against humanity for such efforts. Away we go, dear listeners. Walsall attacking our away end in the first half. Early move down the right wing. This is um, Fred. Crosses looped up. to go for Mill Corner inside the first seconds of the game. It's not even 10 seconds. I've got a kind of an obstructed view of the clock, so I'm going to have to give you rough timings. Mill Corner. First move of the game. Right-hand side as we look from the away end. Far off in the distance. The wilds of Walsall. Lofted in, into the mix and high, the goalkeeper punches, punches clear, falls to Williams. Going to send it out wide, this is um, Ferguson. Ball uh, crosses, poor, it's going to go with another mill corner. Second mill and corner succession, one minute on the clock. Well, the Lions faithful, still call him Super Neil Harris, managerial at the moment, he's under pressure. Super Neil Harris always for his playing career. No one will ever forget that, that's for sure. No day for the football purists. This one, listeners, in the uh, the pouring rain of Walsall. The Millwall ball spending a lot of time high in the air, but Walsall are attempting to pass the ball around. Jimmy's passing, lets him down there. He puts the ball forward to absolutely nobody. Go for a goal kick, seven minutes. Usually his trademark, of course, accurate, clear, crisp passing. Walsall playing kind of a strange red checkerboard-style shirt, very similar to the Croatia kind of idea of... Uh, Multiple squares, 10 minutes in, not a huge amount to report to you, dear listeners. Other than the fact that we are hoofing it forwards and they are trying to pass it. What's new? Fred uh, Morrison's off the, off the bar. Is it in? <laughs> Sorry, I completely froze. It's a free kick in the central um, circle. Um, Morrison took it quickly and almost chipped the goalkeeper. It looked like it hit the crossbar. Whether it bounced down over the line from this distance, I can't tell you. Complete freeze of, 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 the, of the mouth there. I do apologise to you. That's um, 13, 14 minutes gone. Extraordinary moment. There's Walsall on the attack, whilst that little uh, moment still reverberates around the middle end. Anyway, absolutely extraordinary chip from distance. Walsall still in possession, coming down our right now. Ball into the, across the box. 44, Jackson from close range. Slams it in 1-0, as you can tell. Straightforward cross across the box, headed backwards into the path of, you guessed it, Simeon Jackson, who slams home from close. Joy written across his bland face. Oh, 1-0 down. 16 minutes on the clock. 
A mid-game tweets for you whilst there's a pause in play. Grumpy McGrimmis asks how many times have we conceded the first goal this season? Many, many, many times, Grumpy. Uh, Dan asks if he can blame Tony Craig. You can blame the central defence, probably, Dan. I don't, I, in real time, it's hard to tell whether it's Craig or Webster's ball. They both have responsibilities, I guess. Lions Live Radio is asking how we, we can be behind already. They've hardly been in their box. Omar O'Nane says, Mill, boring and predictable. No one can step up and give this team, drive this team forward from midfield or from defence. Gregory on the edge of the penalty, plays it out wide left. This is Ferguson across the face of the goal. Too high for uh, Steve Morris. It falls to Marlon on the right-hand side. He puts it back into the mix. There's Fred. Wait! Fred from close by Ed. One all, Millwall. Close range header from uh, Fred on your dimmer from a basic cross into the box by Marlon Romeo. Well put away by Fred. Goal scorer's uh, instinct there inside the six-yard box. Headed in from very, very close range. Well done, Fred. One all. Let's cheer this up no end. Reading on the train, can up your news at then how Fred wishes to emulate Lee Gregory in terms of being a an instinctive goal scorer, a goal poacher inside the, the penalty area. Um, very good role model for you there, Fred. Um, certainly, a, uh, Gregory's a player who's improved his game from non-league immensely, and clear signs there that Fred may have a role in that in that position in the side. That was a well-taken goal. Well, well, nicely put away header. Long ball forward, trying to find Simeon, claiming a handball by Webster. You can hear the uh, Millwall fans' views on that little claim there by the uh, despised Simeon. Never liked that name either, Simeon. They always say, like, it should be Simon, but it's not. Someone ponts up the name Simon. Lee Gregory on the uh, left-hand side, cuts inside, beautiful ball. Finds Steve Morrison from distance. Morrison goes to tumbling, goal kick. I think maybe that was a little bit too obvious a move there by Steve Morrison. He, he, he was put through beautifully by Lee Gregory. Goalkeeper coming out and uh, Morrison uh, did a kind of like a beautiful body swerve with the intent of going down, um, which the uh, referee probably read. Like we, I read it from even further away. 29 minutes. Floated in from Ferguson. Left-hand side's in the mix. It's bouncing around. This is Shane Williams on the... As the box sprays it left, this is Ferguson again, another cross into the action, that's cheddar down from Steve Morrison, I think, or was it Byron? Wide in any event, whoever it was. We've kept the ball well in this, uh, in this first half, we haven't so relentlessly launched it at Steve Morrison every single time we've had the ball, we've actually looked to play the ball out wide, we've looked better for it, employing the wingers a little bit more than we've seen of, of late, so um, some signs of hope in this, in this first half performance from the Lions. It's the 11 on the edge of the penalty area, shot on goal. Archer down, there's a bouncing around for a moment, for a moment. Oh, there's a fire goes sliding in. Archer reacts. There was a moment there where the ball seemed to stick in the mud for a moment. Archer took a clattering in the, in the event. Come at 40 minutes. Ball wide, left the ball across the box. That's going to be belty clear by Shane Williams. There was a moment again there where we looked at uh, a full stretch. Thankfully, no oncoming walks all forward to getting in on the end of that as we come to 41 minutes. Largely speaking, apart from the early goal, we've looked um, reasonable in defence. I wouldn't say brilliant, I'd say reasonable. Uh, but that was a moment of uh, full stretch panic stations. Walks on the right side, long cross in towards the danger area. That was a moment of... Um, Seem to be Jordan Archer and Tony Craig looking at each other, but not longingly looking at each other. Looking at each other in a way is, is to imply it was your ball, no my ball. As it was, it went out for a goal kick. Just a little moment where you get a sense of uh, lack of communication at times in that central part of defence. Perhaps illustrative. 
There we are, there's the break. Well, what can I tell you about that half of football? Well, we're not losing. That's a start, isn't it? Um, overall, probably one all's a fair scoreline. Two fairly um, evenly matched teams on the on the mediocre register. We were obviously conceding the, the goal early, um, which has been our downfall this season. We've done well to get ourselves back into it. We haven't looked so um, monotonously direct as we have of late. Um, we have tried to play the ball around a little bit more than we've, we've, we've been used to. That's a good sign. We've got the ball out wide. Um, Fred and uh, Marlon are combining well down the right-hand side. So all in all, not bad, not bad. Nothing brilliant, nothing brilliant, but not bad. Meine Damen und Herren, Achtung, Milwei. Your favourite part of the show, listeners, the half-time tweets, Omar Ronayne. We've heard from Omar already, we'll hear from him again. Williams beginning to get on the ball and dictate play in midfield. Just not many targets to aim for up top. Lions Live Radio says, well done, Fred. He took the goal well and has looked lively. He has looked pretty good, actually, in that first half. Hats off to Fred. One from the archives from Merv Payne here, where someone's posted a goal from Trevor Francis in the 88-89 season for QPR. And Merv remembers so well the shout, fuck off Jasper Carrot shout from a bloke behind the uh, on the halfway line, behind him on the halfway line, as Francis celebrated said goal. Well remembered there, Merv. Lions TV says half-time one always there for the taking, says the Lions TV. Walsall had one shot and scored. We've um, half-played football in stages. Williams pulling the strings, exclamation mark, says Lions TV. And here's one for all you fans of Schadenfreude out there. Schadenfreude, the enjoyment, the, the, the peculiar enjoyment of somebody else's misfortune, especially West Ham fortune. is but a post from local Matt Law says West Ham fans singing Stratford is a shithole I want to go home so enjoy Mill fans enjoy that we might be having a, a, a depressive time of it but at least West Ham are too just posted a photo on Twitter of a shot of the, the Beskett Stadium um, Neef the uh, cold, I said Neef I, I meant Beneath I went all Ponzi I went all poetic, poetic there Neef what's that all about um, Beneath the cold slightly brighter grey skies floodlights blazing I was, I'm just, I was just trying to drive the beauty of low, lower league football. Um, it's rough and it's tough and it's cold and it's grey and it's wet, but it's got something um, transcendent. And I've gone all arsy farty on your listeners. This is no longer Achtung Mills, it's Ponzi Millwall. You have to find another podcast to tune into if you don't like my new direction. We're going to be attacking the away end in the second half, dear listener. Also, seem to have a little bit more pace about their, their forward play in the second half so far, at least. First couple of minutes of the the second half, they're looking like they're trying to move it with a little bit more zip. Three were pulled into the box, that's well saved there by 2-1. Zipped across from the left-hand side, palmed away by Jordan Archer and slammed home from close range by the Walter forwards. Lions 2-1 down from the uh, early minutes of the second half. What's that, 48 minutes? 49 minutes. Once again, we start another half a goal behind. Sloppy play there. Starting to draw a little bit of flack. Lions obviously got a goal behind, and the fans are starting to get fucked off. No other way to put it. Beautiful header from Steve Morrison. Gregory almost takes around the goalkeeper. Time and space on the, on the left side now. Cuts back inside. This is Williams from distance. Tipped over. Tipped over. Shot from just outside the D. Gregory had a moment there where he probably could have taken it around a goalkeeper, just probably hesitated a touch too long. 52 minutes, ball lofted into the box, there's no one there, it's a handball, surely, 
Shot from Morrison, wise. It's got to go for another corner. Handball shout there. Craig, Martin, Morrison surround the referee. Not going to give it now, lads. When we've attacked, we've looked dangerous. We just haven't, haven't attacked with enough zip and aplomb. And our defence hemorrhages goals. I mean, I, I don't know what we're going to do about that. The uh, the goal that uh, we've conceded there was a cross into the box, slapped clear by Jordan Archer on the line. I thought it was a good save in real time, but straight into the path of the oncoming forward. Maybe the central defenders could have done nothing about that, but we seem to keep saying that, don't we? Lions fans trying to get behind the side, mixed with um, Venom. <laughs> Support mixed with Venom. That's a handball. The referee didn't see that. And he sees the clip of the, of the player afterwards. That is shocking referee. Absolutely shocking referee. Crossed in. This looks like it's going to be too close to the goalkeeper. Oh, Morrison's in there, but the goalkeeper's got it. Morrison sits on his head. Still, still uh, challenging the goalkeeper. Whistle goes. Now the goalkeeper clutches his head. <laughs> Making a meal of it, boy. And referee, to his credit, is not having any of it. The referee's looking at him like a... a Kindly uncle might look at your, your, your nephew when you're putting him to bed. Free kick for the Lions. Handball, I believe. 62 minutes. Fans getting behind them. Real searching, pressing forwards now to get back into a game they shouldn't be behind in. How very frustrating is that to say? How many times do we have to say that? And the middle free kick, sure, Williams, Sean Williams going to take. Couple of yards in front of the central centre circle. Here comes Williams. Chips it forwards, trying to find Byron. Headed backwards. Gone for a corner. A few mid-half mid tweets here for you. One from Andrew MFC. West Ham losing at home, apparently. That would be hilarious if we weren't so utter dog shit, says Andrew. Millwall AMS group asked if Kenny Jacket should come back. It's Neil's number two. Don't know about that one, AMS. Don't know about that one. This is Millwall, nominates Big Sam for the den, Big Sam Allardyce. Uh, I don't think we could have fooled him at the moment. That's a ball into the box, Jordan Archer takes. Lions TV says 2-1 down, already missed it. Fuck knows what happened, he probably must have been uh, otherwise engaged. Um, and Jay Shaw says everyone blames Craig. Archer needs to start looking at himself. I don't know if he was responsible for the, the leading goal there, Jay. He made a decent enough save. I think he was let down by central defenders there. Whether that was Ar uh, Craig, I don't know. Dan says 15 goals conceded in just over five and a half away games, but doesn't change the back four, meaning Neil Harris doesn't change the back four. Marlon there, down the right-hand side. Man in front of him, no space, no options. Tries to thread a little uh, needle for a haystack ball there to find Fred who concedes possession. Jimmy picks up inside the box. Cross block for corner. Moment there where he had a, a man free. Well, Gregory free the near post, couldn't find him. Little corner, a bit of pressure now from the Lions. Much, much improved these last few minutes. Near post box. That's, oh, I thought it was in for a moment. There's a near post glance header from Steve Morrison. For a moment, I thought it was in. Wide. Launched into Steve Morrison. He's got two men on him. It falls to Morrison's feet. Handball! Handball! The referee standing. I don't know what the linesman's looking at. It was a definite handball there inside the penalty area. We're not going to get that either, it seems. Joe Martin. Harris. Getting some slating from as you can hear from behind me. This is Ferguson. Finds Gregory back to goal. Smith Steve Morrison can't work the space. Can't find the ball through to Gregory. Substitution. Abdus coming out. Ben Thompson comes in with 15 to go. 
Another tweet, Grumpy McGrimish thinks Harris has lost the dressing room in inverted commas, no longer influencing players, and his consistent picking of a bad defence is making him look inept, says Grumpy. Uh, this is Fred coming through the middle. Looks like he's taken, surely. No penalty given, the referee steps back again. Fred run through the middle. I thought he got clipped, the referee didn't. End of story. Ball launched forward again from Williams on the left-hand side. It falls to Steve Morris inside the box. His volley's over. From close range. 80 minutes. Here's Gregory. Shot from distance over the bar. Tried a shot from the, the angle of the, of the penalty area. There. It, was, it was too high, hold away, but about a yard over the bar at the end. Fans drifting for the exits around the ground, including at the middle end. Not been a bad second half for Mill, but it's been—it's the kind of um, pressure des that has desperation running down the middle like a piece of South End rock. Desperation rock. Man in block 11 saying Harris out at this rate will never make the Champions League. <laughs> and beneath that is a goal for Jack Powell playing for Ebbsfleet United. I don't know what to make of that. Whether that's um, what I call that synergy—is that where the, uh, the you know there's no coincidences that theory? Jack Powell scores a goal for Ebbsfleet and we're getting beat by Walsall 2-1. Man through, 33 on the edge of the penalty area, as goes flying. No penalty given there, the, the home crowd screamed for a penalty. Not sure it was, I think he overran it and then fell over. It'd be about a minute to go. Home fans whistling desperately for the final whistle, it'll be coming any second now. Another ball lofted forwards, trying to find McGregory. There's an air of inevitability about these games now, dear listeners. Um, the inevitability being Jordan Archer, Byron Webster, Tony Craig fuck it up early on in each half and we struggle to get ourselves back into games. Um, the issue being Neil Harris, being his, his um, selection of Tony Craig, of Byron Webster and, and Jordan Archer at the moment, it's got to be said, those two are equally as culpable. Um, and as it is, we've, we've struggled in the second, we've played quite well at times in the first half and then there's also in the second half, but with increasing desperation as it's gone along. And um, we, we've, we've given ourselves goal, goal uh, giving opposition goal starts. And what do you expect? Do you expect to win games by giving away early goals? There it is, 2-1 to Walsall. More pressure heaped on Neil Harris. That's what, six now without a win. Fourth straight loss. Um, question marks over Neil Harris's management style, his selection policies, bloody bloody fucking blah. So that's my on-location report from Walsall done for today. Um, I might come back with a little bit of a Sunday morning nightmare after this, because right now I feel totally fucked off. I'm signing out from Bescot Stadium, my name is Nick Hart. Are you tired of having no voice at Millwall? then why not join the AMS, the Association of Millwall Supporters? The AMS is an independent fan group, meaning they're not directly affiliated with the football club, and therefore they aim to truly represent the fans' best interests. To join the AMS, visit amsgroups.info. That's amsgroups.info. Or if you're on Twitter, go to at a underscore m underscore s underscore group and they will be happy to answer your inquiries.
Sunday morning nightmare indeed. There's only one man for a Sunday morning nightmare that I know. That's Omar Ronane. Welcome to the show, Omar. Thanks for having me on, Nick. Always a pleasure. I'm seriously thinking of just having the same show over and over, Omar, with like just substitution of whichever club we've played this week, wherever we say Rochdale, I substitute Walsall or, uh, you know, Berry or whatever. Um, yeah, another uh, same old, same old performance yesterday, really, wasn't it, mate? Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's like the last time I was on was a South End defeat and that was yeah. quite bad and obviously this wasn't as the same manner but it felt equally as poor yesterday and it's just, it's a shame that it's, things ain't going right for us at the minute. Absolutely, um, I mean the, the, the game yesterday, I mean uh, uh, you and me both went up there so um, I think in all fairness um, and leaving aside the Tony Craig question, we'll come on to that later, but in all fairness... <clears throat> We, at times, didn't look too bad yesterday. Going forwards, we're not quite where we were last season, but we certainly have more, um, you know, we've got more imagination going forwards and we weren't just lumping it forward yesterday. I felt we um, we've got it out wide and got the ball down the wings a little bit more often. But we're so susceptible to, to you know, the first decent attack from Walsall yesterday and slap this in the net. And the same in the second half, first decent attack of the second half, slap this in the net. We're just so easy to beat. Absolutely, I think there underlies the problem, and you're right in saying I thought we was pretty good going forward yesterday. I, I don't actually think Walsall had much more chances than the two goals they scored, and if that's the case, and we're playing well <coughs> going forward, we're scoring goals. I, I can't remember last time we didn't score a goal in a game, so if that's the case, the problem clearly still lies obviously in the defence, and something's going wrong defending as a team, obviously, and it's just it's a shame that because we are deserving. Yesterday, I thought we played pretty well, all things considered. The second half, I think Walsall had their one chance, and that was pretty much it. And the rest of it was us. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt. Um, I mean, we weren't brilliant. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we're not talking about a new level of football here, but we weren't too bad. Um, I've not had the chance to. I can't get the the goals to replay on 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 my iPad, so I haven't had a chance to see them. But um, again, on both occasions, um, we were caught out by simple crosses into the central part of defence, and then you know there's a, there's an opportunity presented to the forwards, and they're, they're both taken. Um, and pretty much that's right. They were the only chances Walsall had yesterday, weren't they? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, before the game yesterday, I felt it felt like a kind of let's see what happens. If we're playing the same defence, or it's the optimal defence that Harris likes to choose. It's a chance for them to go out there and obviously put the right, the wrongs, and it just it didn't feel like at any point at all we was comfortable. Um, I joked before the game thinking, oh, we're going to concede goals down the left hand side because of Martin and Craig, but in fact, both goals came from the opposite side with Romeo and Webster. So, I mean, you can't blame it for both goals, but it's just it's we're conceding goals from all sorts of areas at the minute, and. Obviously, something isn't going right in this side at the minute. No, I mean, I, I think you've got the portion blame correctly because, I mean, it's, it's too easy just to seize on Tony Craig. Um, we're, we're, we all know the backstory. We all know that the, the Wembley thing and everything seems to have gone wrong, really. It's gone, gone awry since Wembley in many respects. That's a different subject. But, you know, it's a whole, it's a whole defence issue, isn't it? I mean, these, these are simple, basic crosses from fairly mediocre sides, Omar. And we're getting caught each time. They're, they're, you know, I think we've conceded on average two goals per game this season, which is unacceptable. Entirely unacceptable. And I think the last four games we've conceded eleven goals, and it's, it's, it's atrocious. Eleven games played, and we've got a minus four goal difference. We're nineteenth place, and they normally say by eleven games, twelve games in the season, you know where you're at for the season. And I don't think we deserve to be in this position. Don't get me wrong, but for the way we've been playing recently, you can only look at yourselves and blame ourselves for it. I mean, let's look at the defence. I mean, we, obviously, Jordan Archer in goal. We've got. Um, on the right side, Marlon Romeo. On the left, Joe Martin. 
Tony Craig and Byron Webster in the middle. Now, I would go through that list of five. I, I probably wouldn't include Craig as being um, a strong player. I mean, I know that's slightly insulting towards him, but I don't think he's the best player there. But Jordan Archer is a, is a quality goalkeeper, in my opinion. He's shown that last season. He's got nothing particularly to prove on that front. I feel that Marlon Romeo is a massive talent. Um, he doesn't have to prove that talent. And um, Byron Webster, I think, was much improved last season. So apart from Craig, who's perhaps the least of the of the group there, um, there's there's you know three or four uh, very good players there, and yet they're playing like um, they're not playing like amateurs at the moment. Yeah, I think um, it's it's really hard to obviously find West portion to blame, and I mean, we're right in saying we shouldn't be blaming it all on Tony Craig because. You can argue Archer's not really been that great this season. No, he hasn't. You can argue no, no. Webster, even though Webster's been resolute and solid, it's not been on the same level as it was last season, the understanding with Beavers. Perhaps that's something that's obviously a problem. I mean, like I said, Romeo and Martin, okay, they're solid League One uh, fullbacks. Obviously, Romeo's a bit more better than Martin, in my opinion, but it's, it's definitely, there's people there that are not really stepping up to the plate and being accountable in the defence. No, I mean, last season, we... You know, we, some might argue we overperformed, but the, the the key to that overperformance, if you like, was that you know we were we were drawing games we probably should have lost, and we were winning ones we probably should have drawn. And the way you do that is you don't concede goals, you put bodies on the line, you get in between, you know, um, forwards shots on goal. Somehow you find a way to get something between the the, the net and the and the and the strike. And we're not doing that this season. There is no. There's no driving force there, Roman. There's no energy there, is there, in that defensive no, line? It's, and it's not acceptable either because we're conceding goals and points and we've lost to Walsall, who were in a relegation zone yesterday. We lost to Southend, who were in a relegation zone when we played them. We lost to Rochdale, who were also in a relegation zone when we played them. I and mean, we even made Coventry look a good side. And look where Coventry are. They're in big, Absolutely. big trouble. So it's... It's make, so it's, we can make even the worst side in this division at the minute look like a good team. And it's it's the defence all over. And I don't know if it's the whole team as a whole you could blame, but it's just it was just too easy to unfold, basically. I mean, good teams and great teams, you have players that take responsibility. Um, leaders come through, come forward. I mean, that's, you know, that, that was um, the reason why Tony Craig was brought back to the club, to supply that leadership. Um, but it's not all on him. It, you have to look at the likes of Byron. You have to look at the, the Jordan Archer in goal. Um, I, I, I detect, and I don't know how you saw it yesterday, but there's a certain finger-pointing element. That it's somebody else's fault. It's somebody else's job. And that's not the way to succeed, is it? No, I'm afraid not. And it, it does feel like it's the obviously the whole team spirit, the whole kind of thing we thrived on last season. I think it's daring elements, obviously, but it, it does feel like it's the confidence. And when you're a goalkeeper like Archer, you want to have faith in your back four. When you're the back four, you want to have faith in your goalkeeper. And at the minute, this just doesn't feel to be that kind of confidence at the defence that makes you think, OK, we're going to play well today and keep a clean sheet. Because under Kenny Jacket in the past times, we would win away games 1-0 all the time. And we don't really have that kind of hard-to-beat mentality at the minute. No, I mean, we, we started brightly enough yesterday. We, we If I remember right, we got a couple of corners in the, in the first minute, I think it was. Um, and I felt we were looking um, brightish, and there was certainly nothing to, um, you know, no, nothing to pick up in the opening fifteen. But um, you can almost feel it's like an inevitable um, moment that's coming. Um, I nearly called them Rochdale. They'll, they'll start to merge into one <laughs> generic um, side, some opponent side. Uh, Walsall came down the, I think it was down the right side or the left as they attacked it, as right as we looked. And that was just a straightforward cross into the box, which Simeon Jackson, of all the people in all the world, seemed to have time. I haven't seen it since. I'm going on memory. He seemed to have time to take and turn and slap it home. 
Um, and you've got to ask, where's the where's the drive to get you know get something on that? No one seemed to be quick enough in in thought or or reaction there, did they? Yeah, and like you said, the first 15, it's like a broken record at the minute. We start games well. We seem to not create many chances, but I think obviously Williams had that chance from 60 yards when he hit the crossbar when I thought it went yep, in, but yep. obviously he tried to rekindle that moment from earlier in the season. But nearly did, nearly did. Yeah, nearly did, to be fair to him. But I mean, it's 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 like a broken record. We turn up, we seem solid at the start, and we seem to be playing it around nicely. Then the opposition just gets the ball, plays it down the side, and just seems to score a goal and I mean Jackson was getting a little bit of stick just as that goal went in and I was thinking to myself we're giving him stick I think we know what's going to happen here so and unfortunately like you said it was a knockdown he managed to turn and shoot and no one was able to put a foot in or no one was able to get onto him and it's just it's kind of like oh just let him have a shot then what do you think of team selection yesterday we got um, the return of Fred on on the wing um, yesterday he seemed to come in more central at times but he certainly was was, he was there in place of um, Aidan O'Brien wasn't he um, and also Jimmy in, in central def, uh, central midfield. Um, I would have gone with Ben Thompson yesterday, Omer. Would you would, would you agree over over Abdu to start? Absolutely, I would have echoed that. I mean, if if we're talking about Walsall and Walsall in relegation zone, they're not the best footballing team in the world. You could argue maybe. So then we should be trying to play our players in there, the best players we've got. And for me, Thompson gets a nod ahead of Abdu against a team like Walsall. And I think from there on, it's just we're kind of setting the mantelpiece of how we're going to play. I mean. Obviously, the team selection is a big debate, and obviously we know someone gets in at the back every single game and captains mm. the side. And who's that? Who's that? Homer? Who are you talking about, man? <laughs> Good old Tony Craig. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I feel like there should be a shake-up, and obviously after the match, I'm sure you're going to say about his way as well. And in the interview, he's saying he's been too loyal to the players, Neil Harris. And I feel like there needs to be some sort of change, even for the benefit of the likes of Tony Craig, to take him out of the side and just think you need to earn your place back in this team because. On his day, Tony Craig's not a bad defender at this level and he, he just seems to be going through a bit of a bad run of form and to be honest, it's, it's only going to get worse. The stick seems to be getting worse every single game as well and it's, it's not a good situation for someone like Tony Craig to be in. No, I mean, just, just going on the, on the loyalty point, um, Neil Harris mentioned after the game, listeners probably seen it, he's, he feels he's been too loyal to players. Well, well one player that I do want to mention in a, in a positive context was Fred. I'm just looking at the... Um, News at Den, they do their um, they're like a, an average of um, gradings after the game. And Fred's been given star man yesterday, um, 6.4 average out of 10. <clears throat> I thought he played very well yesterday, really. I thought it was one of his best games I've seen in the Mill shirt for Fred. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's a natural winger, so it's quite difficult no, he's to not, judge no. how he's going to play because he doesn't fit. Into, <coughs> he, the ideal position for Fred doesn't fit into how we play. But I thought he was pretty good yesterday, like you say, and he was always quick to be his man, try and put a ball in the box. It might not be the best delivery, but it was refreshing to see he was taking on his man, using his pace, and he took his goal really well, in, in my opinion as well. He's kind of like a proven striker, in my opinion, yeah, and um, yeah. he took it really well. To be fair to him, close range header, um, crossing. I, I can't remember who put the cross in, but. Um, very was it Marlon who put across it in? was Romeo I think yeah Romeo um, and and Fred buried it from close and really well taken goal um, I mean I, I think that's a, the, the correct rating I thought he was our best player yesterday he, he certainly put effort in I mean I'd ne- again I'd, I'd never knock Steve Morrison and Lee Gregory they, they also put the effort in but I just felt that Fred led the way really um, and it's not often we've been able to say that so fair play to him because um, I think he deserved that that rating um, I mean overall it's the question marks obviously are now increasingly um, 
the, the, in the crowd yesterday, I mean, the, the Harris is getting, there's, there's about a 50 50 show. I don't know what you heard, um, Omar, yesterday. I was picking up a lot of stick towards Harris. So there was some defending, which there always will be because of who he is and what he represents. And some are starting to slag him now. Um, it's the pressure is on him, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I think we, it's, it's, it's six games without a win now, and four yeah. them four straight defeats, conceding 11 goals in the last four games. And he seems to be persevering with a certain lineup. They has shown faith in his players. But you could also argue the other side of that argument is who else do we have that can come in and provide a valid option? We've well, there's decided, a question. There's we've a question. We decided yeah. to go over small squads, and it worked last season. Once we got a bit of a run together, we kept the same team every week in, week out, week in, week out. And now it's okay, we've got a bit of bad run of four players ain't performing but who's going to step in because no offence to Sid Nelson we all want Sid Nelson to do well because he's a similar mould to what Tony Craig might have been when he first broke through and we wish Sid obviously could play for us week in week out but he wasn't great against Rochdale the other week and no he wasn't I mean you could say Hutchinson might be the option but where's Hutchinson he's injured we don't even know where he is first it was a hamstring now where is he he's not played since August he's in the uh, Thierry Thierry <laughs> Recon nursing home at the moment <laughs> waiting for a bolt of lightning to come down the dead of night and reignite him you know um, yeah, it's precisely that and it's like where, where else can we provide the options I mean I know what I'd want to see but I don't know if it would work in the way because Harris is quite sticking to his 4-4-2 and yeah. I mean we all want him to turn it around and we all know he'll get the time to do it and I think he will but the only worry is is between now and January these are the players we've got and we've got three months of it where we've just got to work on it and get it right because otherwise by January if it keeps being like this God knows where we'll be by then before we can sign anyone. Well, we'll be we'll be in the relegation zone because we're not far off of it at the moment, Omer, and and that's the danger. I mean, we're we're, we're leaking goals. I've written down leaking goals like a, a New Orleans levee in the floods. You know, it's it's like the goals pouring, and um, we don't seem to have anything that that's that's capable of of stopping it at the moment. Whether the kids, I mean, Chesmaine is is one of the the names that I keep um, reading. I, I haven't seen him, so I, I can't really. Um, tout him as a, as a youngster called Rooney, but you're, you're pitching, you know, boys into men's situations here, um, which leaves us with with the same old same old name. So I suppose to an extent, I can, I think Neil Harris is caught between a rock and a hard place here, isn't he? Um, it's not that much to choose from. Yeah, I mean, on the Chesman debate, I think he's another one that will get his chance. And to me, he, well, I've seen a few bits of him in the pre-season and stuff like that he reminds me of a Marlon Romeo but obviously on the left hand side so it could be a good option but it's one of those cases where you just don't know what he's going to do until he plays obviously and so you don't know if the pressure is going to get to him how he's going to cope with first team football so I can see the argument for not playing him I mean me personally I'd like to see maybe perhaps Sean Williams drop into defence next to Webster I know Sean Williams is not mm. naturally a centre back but he's played when he was there, at he? Milton Keynes Don yeah. he played there for a couple of seasons consistently and I feel like it's a position <coughs> where he'll get more time on the ball be able to like look for the passes over the top to Gregory perhaps look to the wide men from far I mean I thought Williams was also very very good yesterday yeah I mean, no I agree. agree I don't think he was I mean when he got on the ball and was spraying his passes about I don't think he misplaced a single one and I mean we need more of that in the game and I feel like I said I think yesterday we deserved a couple more goals to be honest and we're unlucky not to be coming out talking today saying oh we won 3-1 or whatever but the problem is we're just shipping goals for fun a couple of penalty shouts I remember one in front of me I was on the kind of left side of the away end and there was a looked like a handball referee was behind it so you know give him an excuse not to give it but um, you know you're right we, we, we stretched the play I mean it's increasingly desperate wasn't it as the second half wore on and, and the pressure felt like um, the kind of pressure you get when you were uh, trying to claw your way out of a you know, a Chilean cave or something, you know. Um, 
so I thought as the game went along, we you know we, we we looked increasingly dangerous. Um, if only we could just stop conceding goals, we might have a chance of winning some of these games, mightn't we? <laughs> and we keep coming back to it as well. And it doesn't take a genius to work it out. And you'd think Harris sees exactly the same stuff as we do. And obviously, it, there's a, it's it's the defence that's the problem. And I think that's the only thing we can come out and say because. I don't think we've not scored a goal this season and you can tell that going forward we look lively we look okay I mean yesterday was much better compared to the attempts of like lunch, launching it the ball to <coughs> Steve Morrison every five seconds so yep. we obviously use Morrison as an outlet when we need him but I thought going forward we offered variety in our play we was playing it around nicely Williams was getting involved like I was saying I think it's just a defence and obviously it's a problem that needs to be sorted pretty quickly I'm reading um, Neil's quotes to the news at Den yesterday I mean, he's pretty much saying what we've said here I don't, I don't think it takes any kind of football Einstein not to see the same things but he, I mean the, the, the quotes here if, the thing that strikes me is if Ian Holloway was saying this stuff Omar then we, we'd be all over him and slating him it's because Neil Harris has such a depth of credit with the the supporters that he can say stuff like um, we give away two chances and let two goals in um, for two throw-ins down the right we didn't deal with we didn't defend the crosses the balls into the box or the, or the second half I remember Jordan Archer making a double save in the first half other than that I don't remember any danger near a penalty area, but somehow we're coming away with defeats from these fantastic performances <laughs> before off air listeners I said to Rome I'm going to actually do the same show and then this loop with just a substitution of the opponent of the week because it's the same thing over and over Rome. it's crushing mate isn't it it is and I mean it's, this is like the crunch time now because okay we've got a week off which could be a blessing in disguise we've got no Charlton game next weekend it's probably the best time for it to be honest because yep. this probably Charlton might actually turn us over the way we're playing at the defence at the minute and we can't be having that mate that's, that's a scary thought so hopefully now we've got it out of the way to postpone it but I mean after that you've got Northampton away Northampton's still on a high from promotion you've got Bolton to come to the den you've got Fleetwood who are a decent side you've got Oxford away it, it's not going to get any easier now and it wouldn't surprise me no Mill will turn up and actually win some of these games but it, it's something needs to be sorted quick in a quick time as well because we're just free falling at the minute I mean, it's an opportunity we've got this um, silly cup on, on Tuesday haven't we Gillingham the um, what they call it the EFL um, trophy, trophy. I, I, some old shit like that Yeah. Um, so there's a chance to try something different maybe have a look at the defence like I, I would agree I, I, I think it's a, it's a situation for men not boys so you, you know, you've got to put your faith in players that um, have not let you down it might be a, a role for Sean Williams in central defence I think Craig has to be the the casualty um, not particularly because I don't I, I don't like him but he is the weak link um, Webster I think responded well last season to having Beavers a, a, a solid defender alongside him and maybe we can find some recovery of the spirit of last season with, with two solid players in the middle players that know what they're doing you know um, certainly a chance to try something different maybe even Chesmain coming in I'm, I'm a... yeah I think because obviously he played the similar sort of youngsters in the first game against West Brom but obviously playing against Gillingham it's another game where you don't want to lose to someone your close rivals and it's important that we obviously try and pick up some momentum quickly and it's a chance like I said to try new ideas I mean like I said I'd like to see Williams drop in and have a left back like Chesme next to him I think having Williams there not only does he have the passing variety but he can also sit back and allow the fullback to bomb on I just feel like it makes sense to give it a go I mean I don't know if it's crossed Harris's mind we'll find out obviously on Tuesday but I'd like to see something different and I think we will probably see something different on Tuesday. Try it out. And I'd also say that Ben Thompson probably, for the most part, needs to start games. He brings an energy 
and a drive that we, we certainly lacked at times yesterday. And when he came into the game, we, we, we did look a brighter and more, um, more likely to score a side, didn't we? Yeah, I think Thompson just has a knack of being the first to the second ball. And the way we play, is that's really what we need. And I think him and Williams, it, it works in the middle. It does. But I just feel like sometimes if we have Thompson running around, then we kind of leave ourselves a bit open maybe if, if, if Williams ain't mm. on the same page as him. So, I mean, Thompson should be a star every game, in my opinion. And he is very, very crucial to how we play. But I think there needs to be some sort of something we can sort out and try and get a balanced side that works for us going forward. Harris's credentials are on the line as a manager here. I mean, I mean I, I, we can't keep losing like this. I think if we if we continue on through October, losing football matches, um, at some point, at some point the alarm bells start to ring, don't they? Um, if they're not ringing now, um, they will be by the end of the month. If we're still shipping goals and getting beat by you know fairly mediocre sides, um, none of us want to see him go, do we? But we want him to succeed. But we can't carry on like this. It's, yeah, of course, and like I said, there's some big games coming up in teams that, if we give them the chances, they're more likely to put them away compared to a Walsall or a Southend, or and it's it's something that needs to be addressed. And I think he deserves the time; he will get the time. I think we stuck by Ian Holloway even for as long as we did, so we all know Harris will get the time and the chance to put it right. But like you say, if it doesn't get put right really soon there will be something that has to change and no one wants to see Harris go. I personally would love Harris to stay forever. I mean, mm. he's the he's the middle manager in my opinion, but the question is, even if we did were to even let him go, dare say it, who else could come in potentially? And it's, it's it's a big conundrum and it needs something needs to change and hopefully, I have faith Harris will turn it around, but hopefully he'll just have the kind of, I suppose the bollocks even to just change it up and get rid of some of his teammates from the past. Yeah, it's going to be that. I was just looking at some tweets that I picked up for the um, for this this piece of the show. I mean, there's a uh, one here from Mark Allard saying the problem is the Harris the Harris Brigade, as he calls them, won't look any further than loyalty loyalty to the past. I can imagine the abuse if it was Ian Holloway, and I, I think that's it's a harsh point, but it's a fair point because if it was someone like Lomas or um, Holloway or you know one or two of the other clowns we've had in the past. The, the the abuse we've been pouring from the terraces yesterday, Omar, um, and as it was, there was a, there was a, a mixed amount of it, but there was enough, you know, um, telling of people to shut up as well, wasn't there? Um, I, I do think that um, Harris is living on credit at the moment, unfortunately. Um, Jim Nash feels sorry for the fans who made the journey. I feel sorry for us too. I feel sorry for you and me because we were in the pissing rain yesterday, mm. and it was a long way to go for for not very much. So I, do, yeah, it's, I it's, feel sorry for him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not. It's, it was. I thought Walsall's not as bad as some of the places we'll have to go to this season. No, no, not a bad little ground in all it's, fairness. Yeah, it's not going to be Fleetwood away or anything like that, <laughs> just as yeah. But I mean, like it's, it's difficult to put into words how to sum it up, really. And I think when you look at the game yesterday, like I. Say I don't think we actually played that badly, and it's it's, it's a shame that it's promising. You could say we could try and take a positive spin and say, okay, going forward we seem lively, we look okay on the ball going forward. We didn't have David Warrell in the side yesterday, and no, we didn't have no. a couple of players missing here and there. No Aidan O'Brien. I mean, it's a shame O'Brien's out for a bit. Obviously, he's had his own critics himself, but he seems to have a knack of finding a goal in a game when we really need him at most. And it's, there's positives to take from it. It's just whether or not we'll be able to address the issues that we've said about a hundred times, even in this short segment. And it's, it's, it's just, it's up to Harris now. Let's, let's see how he does. It's all I can say. I mean, we'll close it there, Omar. Um, 
but I, it's the simple joy when you you think to yourself coming out of the game. The, the the best part of the day for me was I didn't get too wet because the railway station was so close to the away end that you didn't have very far to walk. And that's, that's very handy. That's the big <laughs> the big highlight of my trip. <laughs> Maybe your trip to Walsall. Omar Ronay, I want to thank you for coming on the show, mate. Diff- difficult brief. All I keep giving you is difficult briefs at the moment, but that was. Um, that was great stuff. Many yeah. thanks. No worries. Hopefully next time I'll have come we on. We might have a win. We might have a win to talk about. Four nil away to someone, and it's a happy day. <laughs> but yeah, pleasure as always, Nick. All the best, Omar. Thanks, mate. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.